Tonight, I want to talk about petition prayer, and we're going to look at an example of it from the Old Testament. If you have a Bible, it's in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, 9 and 10. And it's a passage about the prayer of Jabez. We've talked about and at least alluded to several different types of prayer. You know, prayer of praise, worship, uh, petition, intercession, thanksgiving. Lots of ways to express a prayer or, or some adoration to God. But this is a particular way petitioning prayer is prayer of asking for something. Petitioning God for something. It can be either for yourself or it can be for someone else. The prayer of intercession, as we alluded to last time, basically if I'm interceding, I am acting as a go-between you and God. I'm interceding on your behalf to God, acting like a priest on behalf of someone else. But when we can pray in an other type of petitioning prayer, it can be for yourself. And uh, so there's a slight difference there. But let's look at this passage of Scripture here. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Now, in looking at that particular phrase there, we don't know why that she bore him in pain, what that alluded to. Maybe she had a hard pregnancy. And obviously the birthing process is painful, so maybe that's what she's alluding to. But some commentaries believe also that uh, this was kind of prophetic about him, that this is what she believed about him. Maybe he was a difficult child. Maybe there was something along that line that she was uh, referring to because lots of times in Bible times, uh, the, the person, the child would be named based on a prophetic word they got. This child will be the so-and-so and so-and-so. You know, there's phrases like that in the Bible. So maybe that's what she was saying. We don't really know, but it's a possibility. So she said, she called him Jabez, meaning... I bore him in pain or he will cause pain is also another translation of that. But Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, he is living under the Mosaic Covenant. He had heard about the God of Israel. No personal knowledge apparently, but he had heard about it enough that in his condition he was in, situation, he called on that God and said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. He was so affected by what his name was, this child causes pain, that he what had a, a, a stigma to it, to him. It was something that he really didn't want. His mother caused him, you cause pain, boy. <laughs> that was his name, Jabez, you cause pain. And he was so affected by that, he didn't want it. And so he said, Lord, I don't want to cause pain. I do not want that. And so that's why he prayed, or one of the reasons why he prayed. But let's look at that. 
let's look at that as an example of how you and I can pray petitioning type prayers and receive from God things that God has promised. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Let's look at it phrase by phrase. There's four phrases I want to emphasize. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, from what I can get out of this passage, he wasn't praying it like we might often pray it. You know, I want all this, and I want this, and I want this, all for selfish reasons. It doesn't appear to me that that was his motivation was for selfish reasons. He wanted to be blessed so that, and we can see that from the rest of his prayer, he wanted to be blessed as Abraham did to be a blessing. Remember that in the book of Genesis chapter 12? God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And you're going to be a blessing. You're going to be a blessing. You know, we have to be blessed to be a blessing. And I believe that's what uh, Jabez was wanting here. He wanted to be blessed so that he could be a blessing to other people. And that is good to pray to be blessed like that. There's nothing, there's nothing selfish about that. That is very much a good prayer. It's enabling us to reach the, reach the potential that God has for us. You see, every believer has a great deal of potential within us. Every one of us do. God has placed that in the heart of every human being. There's great potential there. Some reach or get closer to their potential perhaps than others, but none of us, I don't think, ever reach our full potential. Or, you know, we never get 100%. Maybe we get 90%. Maybe we get to 95%. But since Adam sold us out in the garden, I don't think we actually get there in this lifetime. Now, we are going to eventually, totally, but I don't think we've get that, we get there yet. But at any rate, that's what he wanted. He wanted to be blessed so that he could reach the potential that God had. See, if you could be blessed, and I'm not, when I say being blessed, I'm not limiting this to finances or material things. I'm talking about being blessed in, in, in mind, in ability, in emotion, in outlook, in direction, in open doors, all those type of things as well. If you and I were blessed that way, what could you do for the sake of the kingdom of God? That's something to think about. If God gives you more open doors than you've had, what could you do with those open doors? Would you use them to just benefit yourself? Or could you use them to advance the kingdom of God? See, when He said here, I want you to bless me indeed. To bless means to have supernatural favor. To have the supernatural favor of God upon your life. Have you ever known any individual that it seemed, as far as you could tell, everything they did worked out for their good? 
They just seemed like they had special favor or somehow or other in their life. I bet you you may have known or heard of some people like that. It just seemed like everything they did worked out somehow for their good or something good would come out of it some way. That's what it means to be blessed, to have supernatural favor. You'll find a phrase in the New Testament, grace and favor. Unmerited favor. God's favor is upon a person. That's the blessing of God. So he prayed, God bless me indeed. It is a prayer that only God can answer. And he delights in doing it. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, it shall be opened. See, God wants to do that. He wants to bless. He wants to give us grace and favor. Why? Because we are His children. Right? We're His children. And what does He want to do to His children? He wants to bless His children so that they can be a blessing and so that you and I can work with Him in advancing His kingdom. God wants to do that. See, the Bible said, 2 Corinthians 6, 1, I believe, it says we are workers together with Him. We are workers together with Him. Can God, could God just step out and say, okay, I'm going to do all of this by myself. I can't depend on you critters. I'm just going to do this. Could He do that? Of course He can do that. He's God. But He has chosen not to do that. He has chosen to use His children to work with Him, participate with Him in living out His kingdom on planet earth. So you and I need to be blessed. Have the favor of God upon us so that we can accomplish His will and His plan and His purpose. Now look at the second point. That you would enlarge my border. That you would extend my dimensions. I suggest that that's something every one of us should pray as well. See, sometimes we, what we think are our borders are the, the length or the width of whatever we're doing in this world well, it can only go this far. But I'm convinced God being the God that He is, who has all knowledge and all wisdom, He knows that what we may think, well, that's as far as we can go, is really not as far as we can go. It's possible to go far beyond that. Just like the blessings. We may think, well, this is, this is about all we can be blessed is up to here. And God may know, oh, it could extend far beyond that. So our borders, a border of influence, a border of, of success, a border of prosperity, not just finances, but physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in your family, in your community, all of that, the blessing of God can be in our lives to such a degree that we can accomplish far more than we ever even imagined was possible. Jabez believed that he had potential that was yet undiscovered. So he said, Lord, I want you to extend my borders. 
I want to go beyond this. I want to go beyond this. I can do more in your kingdom beyond this. That's what he was praying for. It was a prayer of greater opportunities for ministry and responsibility. I don't know whether you know this or not, but there was a city named after this guy. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 55. There's a city named Jabez. And I think it's interesting where this particular, uh, these two verses are located. You see, over in the chapters right before this, it's a genealogy. And then we got two verses in the midst of a genealogy about this guy. And then the very next verse after this, verse 11, it starts with a genealogy again and continues on. Something unusual about this guy Jabez. In the midst of this genealogy and this genealogy, they tell this story of this man and these four requests that he had that God answered and God did for greater opportunities for ministry. Uh, Zechariah 4, 6, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He realized that. Even living under the old covenant, it wasn't by his ability. He couldn't do it. I think God's potential that he has given every one of us is so great, the only way we can realize it is with the blessing of God. If you and I can reach our potential without God's blessing, it's probably a pretty low bar. Why? Because we are spirit beings. Well, we have a house, physical house we live in, but we are spirit beings. And a physical house has limitations. Your brain has limitations. Your spirit only has the limitation that you and I allow for it to be placed or stopped at a particular area. Your spirit has supernatural abilities. You can know things beyond your natural ability to know by divine revelation. See? So a lot of times we accept as far as spiritual growth, opportunity, ministry, whatever, the limitations that would be natural are thought of as limitations in this world system in which we live. But it doesn't have to be that way. Those limitations don't have to be there. But I believe our potential can be reached only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by power, human, not by human might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's why he was praying, Lord, bless me. Lord, extend my borders. Now look at the third one. And I want your hand to be with me. God's presence to be with me. Now, looking at that from the New Testament perspective, we would say God is not only with us, God is in us. All right? So let's start with that. God is in us. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world in similar passages. So we start from a New Testament perspective saying God is in us. So Lord, I want you to be in me, but then also externally, corporate anointing, I want you to be with me. Because in the book of Acts chapter 11, 
The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. That was a ministry op opportunity for some missionaries that was uh, near uh, Paul's company, the Apostle Paul's company. And so they had not only the Spirit of God in them, it was after Pentecost, but they were praying, and God's Spirit manifested Himself in a physical, tangible way, and many turned to the Lord. So that's what Jabez was praying that your hand would be with me. Greater corporate anointing. Your presence is in me. The Apostle Paul said, we are not sufficient of ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. That's why we need that. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. God wants to manifest a corporate anointing that's already within us since we live under the terms of the new covenant, but beyond that, corporately. And I personally believe that God is saying to us, New Life Church specifically, that the corporate anointing is going to be increased as we learn to recognize it, as we learn to participate with Him, that is the Holy Spirit, we will see a greater manifestation of the corporate anointing. When the believers gather together and you got a group of believers that are believing, trusting in God and believing what He says is truth, then we can see a greater manifestation of that corporate anointing. That you will be with me. Now look at the fourth one. That you will keep me from evil or from the evil one. Similar to the prayer in Matthew 6.13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one that we were taught in the model prayer. Now, say, so, well, how can we be delivered from the evil one? He's in the world. He is. And he'll be in the world system until he gets dealt with finally once and for all. But in the meantime, the fact that He exists and He's in our world does not mean that He's allowed to have full control over us. Why? Because we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. He does not own us anymore. We are not His property anymore. We are children of God and we are citizens in God's kingdom now. So we have a prayer that we can pray and that is deliverance from the control of the evil one. Temptations come? They do. But you can overcome them. You don't, do not have to be subject to them. That He would keep me from evil. And notice the text. That I may not cause pain. He was so adversely affected by what His name stood for. That is one that causes pain. He didn't want to cause pain to anybody. So Lord, deliver me from the evil one. That I may not cause pain. Now, the last phrase, look at that. So God granted him what he requested. Oh, that's a great, great answer to prayer. God gave him what he petitioned God for. God blessed him. God extended his borders. God protected him. And God delivered him with His presence being involved in His life.
said, well, that was Old Testament. Yes, but you see, we have promises on the New Testament, which is far greater than those on the Old Testament. And so if God would do that for that fellow, Jabez, he will not only do that for us, but perhaps even in a greater manifestation of that. I want to recommend a little book to you. Some of you may have already seen it and read it years ago. It's called The Prayer of Jabez. It came out in about 2000, if I remember right. And he goes in great depths over this. In fact, long about that same time, I taught this in a four-part series here at church. I believe it was on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and went into it with a greater degree of depth than we certainly are doing tonight. But uh, there's lots of good stuff in that little book. I recommend it to you. But you, as you began to pray similarly to what Jabez prayed, you can discover areas of your life that you may have settled for certain things. Well, that's just the way life is. I guess my life will always be like that. You can settle for that and be less than what God really wants for your life. Now, we sometimes may do that financially or we may put up with a sickness or condition for years and years and years and think, well, I, that's just my lot in life. I guess I'll always be a sickly person or something. And that may not be the case. It may not be that you have to put up with it. It may be God might intervene in it and heal and set you free from it. Or it may be... Uh, Educationally, it may be financially, it may be any number of other areas where there are limitations that we have accepted and put upon ourselves that we thought, that's the ceiling. I can't get beyond that. That's where this prayer comes in. For those of you that have been around New Life very long, you know kind of my testimony. Tim alluded to a little of it on Sunday. The family that I was raised in and the uh, poverty conditions that prevailed because of being a sharecropper and all of that. You know, I, I didn't have much of an opportunity because we worked all the time. And uh, there wasn't any silver spoons in our house. You know, you worked for everything you got and then still oftentimes didn't have all that you needed. So uh, I didn't have a very good uh, outlook on life. In fact, I went to, um, to grade school and um, I couldn't read until I got to the sixth grade. I didn't know how to read. There was something wrong with my brain, I assume, but there was also probably some deficiencies in the way I was taught to read. But at any rate, I couldn't read. Joe and Jerry ran down the hill. I read by pointing one finger at a word, and I could, that's about the course of it. And um, so it made bad grace. If it was something that I, I could hear, I could remember what I could hear. What I heard as far as what was said, I could remember. But if I had to read it, to do it. I couldn't do it because I couldn't read. But when I got to the sixth grade, they started, or seventh grade, they started letting us go to the library, the school library. Now, I liked baseball and basketball as a kid. And so I found books about that. In fact, my very first book was a book on basketball. 
And so I checked it out. And you were allowed to keep it for two weeks. And I read it the way I could, only way I could read. And I kept it, I read some every day in it for two weeks. I took it back and checked it out for two more because I was only about two chapters in it. And I read some more in it, checked it out again. I read some more in it. And I, found, I figured out by the time I got through with that book, I was reading better, but I still wasn't reading well. So I found there were other books that I could get. So I checked out one about Mickey Mantle and read it. One about Babe Ruth and read it. It took me weeks and weeks and weeks for each one of them. But the more I read, I learned how to read. And you know what that did? My grades started going up. And everything began to improve. In fact, my father had said to me, he said, I'm going to give you, at the end of the sixth, when I was in the end of the sixth grade, he said, I'm going to give you one more year. And if you don't uh, improve your grade, you're just going to have to quit school and work with me on the farm. That's motivation. That's motivation. I knew about that. That was a seven-day-a-week job, 12, 14 hours a day. I knew about that. I wasn't happy about that. So that was a motivating factor. But my point in all that is this. Sometimes we accept as realities what limitations we may have or others may have put upon us, and they are not God's reservations or limitations that He has put upon us. They're those that society or our circumstance may have put upon us. But if we pray like Jabez did and pray, God bless so that I can be a blessing, extend my borders, my limitations, so that I can have greater potential in your kingdom. May your presence be with me. May you deliver me from the evil one. If we pray like that, God is sure to answer those prayers. To shorten my story up, when I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in 1967, October the 8th, 1967, I began to see through that experience with God what I had assumed would be limitations as far as serving God. Many, if not most, of those limitations began to fall by the wayside because I discovered the presence and power of the Holy Spirit can make up for a lot of deficiencies in lots of different areas in our life. You see, if you and I have to depend on just our brain, there's a limitation there. If you and I have to depend on just what we know and just what we can perceive internally, that's a limitation. But there is a way to get beyond that, and that is read meditating in the Word. Feed your spirit the Word of God, the promises of God, and you discover that what you first thought was a limitation isn't really not anymore. You can go far beyond that. And that's what he was praying in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And that's the type of petitioning prayer we can pray. We can pray the promises of God. Pray them. Declare them over and over again until they become a part of us. Not just memorize. Yes, you can memorize it and should. But let it get beyond the brain. Let it get down into the spirit. 
and receive the implanted word, James 1, I believe it's 18 says, 17, 18, and receive the implanted word which is able to save your soul, deliver your soul, mind, will, and emotions. See, the implanted word means it's not word in your brain only. Now it's a part of your spirit, your human spirit. The word is down in there. You've got it now. You can live on it now. What's in here? What's up here? Maybe it's gone. Maybe it's just words. Maybe you don't have the meaning to it. But once it gets on the inside of you, you got it. We had a friend who had severe Alzheimer's when I was a kid growing up. They didn't call it, call it Alzheimer's, and they called it dementia, you know, old age dementia. And um, he was a very committed Christian. Some days he didn't know his wife, he didn't know his kids, he didn't even know what his own name was. He could hear a gospel song and sing it because he grew up on gospel songs. He could remember Bible verses and sit there and quote them to you and not miss a word. You know why? That was in his spirit. These other things were up here. He had forgotten. His brain had somehow, uh, he lost his short-term and even some of his long-term memory up here. But what was in his spirit? You could say, John, what does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish and have everlasting life. John, what's your son's name? I don't have a son. You see the difference? Spirit, brain. Limitation up here. He got it down here. He had it. And it stood with Him when this was gone. I went to see one of our church members one time, a lady who had dementia as well. And her daughter told me, said, what she does, she sings when she's awake. So what does she sing? She sings gospel songs. And she'd just be laying in her bed. She didn't know anybody. She couldn't do hardly anything for herself. But what was coming out of her spirit was what she had fed it. All those years. All those years. My father had hardening of the arteries real bad in his neck. Carotid arteries were blocked up so poorly that he wasn't getting hardly any blood to the brain. And he would just, he would just go uh, unconscious almost. He could be sitting. He could be standing. When this would hit to a certain spot, he would just stop. not move and just stare. It might last three minutes, three hours, three days. We ended up having to put him in a, a mental hospital because our doctor said he needs shock treatments. And the only place close to us was in Hopkinsville at Western State Mental Hospital. So we took him and put him in. And that was before we knew anything about healing. And uh, we found out after he had a shock treatment 
one of my brothers was then, because the first, I think, two or three weeks, we weren't allowed to be in the hospital, weren't allowed to visit him. And so finally my brother took my mother down to see him and discovered what all had happened through the shock treatments they were giving him. We said, absolutely not. You are not doing that again to him. And so against medical advice, they checked him out, brought him home. Our family was just learning a little bit about prayer at that time. And my father, at his lucid moments, would say, we're going to pray. And we started to get the family involved in praying. And after we prayed, he never again had any more of those seizures or blackouts. Never again. You see the point? You can ha- if, what you've got up here and what you got in here is two different areas. They're part of the soul realm, but they operate on two different areas or ways. So what we want to do is get the Word of God in us, the promises of the Word of God. Now, what does that do about prayer? When we are praying for ourselves, but now let's talk about it for, for other people. When we're praying for other people, let's pray the promises of God. We can pray perhaps what we know, but that's limited. Pray the promises of God and they are unlimited because God can do whatever God can do. But we can only know about certain things that we know of. It's very limited. So pray the promises of God. For example, there's, let's say a person comes up and says, I've got uh, arthritis in my shoulder. All right? We can say, okay, Lord, here's Sally. Now, Lord, Sally's got arthritis in her shoulder. Now, it's been hurting her for seven years. And she's gone to seven doctors and had all these shots and all these treatments. But, Lord, I just beg you to just touch Sally and and heal her. I I guarantee you, if, if Sally gets any better, it won't be because of that prayer. You know why? Because it's full of doubt and unbelief. Are you here? What does the Word of God say about healing? Declare the Word of God about healing. What does the Bible say? It says, Jesus, your Word says that by your stripes we are healed. So, Father, I speak healing into this shoulder. You know, when Jesus prayed, He never begged God to do anything. In fact, most of the time He didn't ask God to do anything. Now, there's a few occasions when he did, John chapter 17. There's a couple places in there where he asked the Father for things. But generally speaking, when he was ministering to the demonized or to the sick or raising the dead, he didn't ask God to do anything. You know what he said at Lazarus' tomb? Father, I thank you that you always hear me. He wasn't asking God. He's thanking God. You always hear me. Turning, Lazarus, come forth. And he floats out of there. That's the way he ministered in almost every case. He was very successful. Let's adopt his method. Let's adopt his method. Speak the promises of God. And as we do, you will see far more success. You know why? Because God works according to his word. He works according to his word. He doesn't work according to our ideas. He works according to His Word.
So let's speak the promises of God. Well, what if God don't want them healed? Well, if we get somebody healed that God doesn't want healed, He will forgive you. <laughs> he won't hold it against you. No, you're not apt to do that. What's going to happen is if we speak according to the Word of God, we're going to see far more people healed than we will if we're always just begging God to do something. Begging God. Speak the Word. Now, I'm going to demonstrate a couple of things for you tonight because I believe next Wednesday we are going to have some people probably that are going to need this. Debbie, would you come up and sit down here? If you guys want to come up and just gather around, because we'll, do, we'll probably do this next Wednesday night, sit down and we do your legs first. This is, we're going, this is how we pray for somebody that's got lower back problems, hip problems, knee problems, all right? We ask them to sit down, get their hips as far back against the seat they're sitting in as they can possibly get, all right? And then we're going to ask her to just totally let her legs be limp. Let me have them totally. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to, going to relax them and I'm going to get them together. And if you, if you guys can see that, anybody can come up here and see that. This one, left one, is just off a little bit, right? Now we're not going to ask God to heal that. We're going to thank Him for healing that. All right? That's what we're going to, we're not going to ask Him to. You know why? Because He's already provided the healing. If he's already done something for us, I don't have to ask him to do it. I just thank him for doing it. And as you do that, what's going to happen is those legs are going to straighten out and be normal. Thank you, Lord, for healing this. Thank you, Lord, that every muscle, every nerve, uh, every structure, bone, whatever, that is causing that to be just slightly off, I thank you, Lord, it's going to be perfect now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You see? Okay, we can only go so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stand up now. Here's how they got neck problems, shoulder problems, arm problems. How? I'm really not falling apart, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, now just bring them together, even. Yep. See that? What would you say? That's about nearly a half inch. Is that about a half inch? All right, we're going to do the same thing. Just relax them. Hold them, hold them together again, but not, not together, apart, okay? Father, I thank you for healing this, letting the muscles, the nerves, the tissue, the bones be healed, be the same length come out in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes there is healing in her arms, in her shoulder, in her neck, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All right, just go them out all the way straight. Now you got them, now put them together. All right, it's better, about halfway. Father, I thank you, Lord, for healing this completely. It's by your stripes healing flows through her body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do it again. Oh, well, see? Now, some people, when, when that happens, they, they start feeling something. They feel it in their neck, in their shoulders, in their back, as well as when you're praying for their legs. If it's in their lower back or their hips, 
we had a, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks back. We lived in Paris, Tennessee. We had a, um, a, a an eye surgeon, I believe he was, and in the, that came to church with his wife. She was a believer. He was not. She had us over for supper one night, so we'd have the opportunity to talk to her, hus- her husband, and we did have dinner with him after that. Um, she was... Now, she wasn't saved until after this happened. That's the way it was. And, uh, but anyway, she had hip problems. She sat down. We prayed for her. God miraculously healed her. And she started saying real loud, Oh, I can feel it in my thigh. I can feel it in my thigh. And come to find out she had had an injury there that had caused one of leg to be shorter than the other one. And after we prayed, it came out and it solved her problem totally. As a result of that, she got born again. And the husband started coming to church more frequently than before. So we've seen it several times. Uh, just uh, the group that I uh, came out of, we kind of always started with a promise. Uh-huh. You know, by your stripes were healed. And then we would thank or command. Mm-hmm. And then it would, I mean, and I, I mean, that's just kind of how right. we did it. But... I mean, and and I've been thinking about that more just mm-hmm. over the years since mm-hmm. I've been here. Mm-hmm. You know, just how, just thanking the Lord for mm-hmm. the, it's already done. Right, and that, that's right. And that, and, and that kind of keeps you from getting into the begging mode. Right. And, uh, that is the key. It, see, everything related to our redemption has already been done. There's no purchase needed anywhere. Jesus does not have to do a single thing for our total victorious life. From now on. Have you ever seen anybody go, I don't believe this, mm-hmm. and then they lose their healing or whatever they're believing for, or what, whatever they're being prayed for, then they lose whatever... Mm-hmm. I- we, we had uh, one time, uh, again, it was in Paris, and we were quite active in the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship that met every month where they had brought business people in. They gave testimonies and all this. We had a man there who was almost deaf. He had two hearing aids, one for each ear, and even then he couldn't hear very well. And we prayed over him, and instantly he could hear perfectly. Took the hearing aids out, Man, we were rejoicing. Thank God for a miracle healing. Next month, he came back to the meeting with hearing aids in and said, what happened? He said, I lost my healing. I said, do what? I lost my healing. So we questioned him a little bit, come to find out. He started doubting. Well, you know, does God love me enough that he would actually heal my ears? See the thinking he got into when he did that? His healing began to go away. So we prayed over him again. Could hear perfectly. He goes home. He comes back next month. Does hearing aids in. What happened? He said, I just, this is so great, but I just can't believe God would do that for me. That's exactly right. See, he was speaking deafness to himself. He was asking... After he got healed, is it your will to heal me? Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, uh, 
You can hear, right? You don't need your hearing aids to do that. But he, he started doubting and getting in unbelief, and he lost it. You say, now wait a minute. Why would God do that? I don't think God was actually the one doing that. I think that was the enemy stealing from him something that God gave him. Uh, when you're doing the arms or the legs, sometimes that's, uh, it's not a structural problem, but it's muscles. Muscles and nerves. Would know that. And so if you get tensed back up again, then you can go back to the same problem, which is what happens with me. Um, I tend to go with everything kind of hard. Uh, but Mary Rundell, who used to attend here before they moved out of town, her dad was hmm. in a meeting. How much was his off? An inch and a half? Oh, I think more than that, maybe. It was off enough that all of his shoes were built up. Yeah. And that night, mm-hmm. he was prayed for completely even. He had to walk out barefoot because he was so... Mm-hmm. And he had to go back and have all of his shoes redone. He never, ever lost it complete. So, you know, sometimes there's different things that just with those particular things that we'd like to show that because that's an immediate thing that you can see almost every time, yeah. you know. Yeah, and one of the things, because we've done this um, in my past, we've done this like out on the street mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so typically when we're doing, like, feet, like, you know, Carol had it like this, but a lot of times we just mm-hmm. have them up like this. Uh-huh. And I mean, you, you can, can see it. I mean, it is awesome because you just see God's hand just grow the legs out, grow the arms out, and yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's really encouraging, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's part of the gospel. Right. I mean, that's what's mm-hmm. neat about it. Well, my experience has been that if it's like a half inch or less, it's probably not a bone structural problem. It's probably the nerves and muscles tightening oh, if yeah. it's a half inch or less. But if it gets more than a half inch, then we're getting into a supernatural something. That's skeletal. Skeletal. That big, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now it's skeletal. I think we had one one time that was about an inch and a half. That, that actually grew out. And, uh, and that wasn't bones and muscles anymore. You can't stretch the leg at the joints that much. You know, you can, It only comes out a little bit there. So my point is this, whether it's muscles and, and bones, I mean nerves or bones, it's still God doing something. One is extraordinary, the other one is great. We haven't had it of any real serious cases. We have some that were minor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's one healing. I've, I've never, yeah. I think I've never seen. Right. I haven't seen anybody that was all twisted over or bent over like this and then got all the way back up. I've not seen that. But I've, we've had some that were minor changes. Yeah, I know. That's, I'd like to. I'm still, oh, we got one I'm practicing on. <laughs> yeah. We're declaring it over her yeah. right now and one of our older ladies. And it's just, we're just believing, yes, this can be straightened out. Yeah. Right. But she's in pain all the time. Yeah. Yeah, my mother-in-law, I mean, she was, 
she was walking, I mean, she was confessing, walking, you know, but, you know, you just, you know. That's a, a actually, that's a miracle more. Yeah, yeah. and the Lord's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely and it can happen. It can happen, right. Anybody else want to come up here and let us pray over your arms or your hips or legs, whatever? If you're having any kind of hip pain or uh, like that, I'll do, I'll, I'll do it. All right. Shoulders. Well, your shoulders? Yeah. All right. Well, just, just do, your, do your hands out then. Okay. This one just a little bit. Father, thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for releasing the muscles, the nerves. Thank you, Lord, for it. It's by your stripes healing flows in his body, throughout his arms, through his shoulder, and expanding and releasing that. And now this one, Lord, we declare healing and health. And Lord, we declare it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now they're both. This one came out a little further that than that is, one. That is a blessing. I, I mean, see that. I can't, because I was like, it's this shoulder and this one's coming out and then the next. And then that uh, one did. That was, praise the Lord. Do your hips, okay? I have what I call migratory. It, it's in this leg t today and over here the next day. Oh, okay. So I never know what it is. I don't know what it is today. Just wear your okay. as much as you can. Okay, okay, now let me pull them together a little bit. It's not, this one's not off much, but just a little bit, maybe. Check out his ankle. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that it's by your stripes we're healed. Thank you, Lord, that Pat is healed. Lord, every bit of the muscles, the nerves, the bones, the tissue, whatever the problem is, it's migratory. Lord, we're speaking healing to it. Whatever physical condition, we're declaring that by the stripes of Jesus, healed in Jesus' name. We give you thanks. We give you praise. All stiffness, soreness, whatever the condition is, we say, be gone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yep. Thank you, Lord. Now, sometimes you'll have soreness after that. Like right now, I feel a little bit in this step over here, and it's just soreness from it kind of shifting around. Yep. All right, we'll we'll do. A, we're asking people to come next Wednesday night, and we're going to have our whole time together doing this. And what we would like for you guys to do, uh, as we if we have a whole bunch of people that need prayer and ministry, we want you to do it. Okay, you start praying for them, laying hands on them, and if you need to use these two procedures, do that. If you don't, declare the promises of God over them. Come expecting. I believe people are going to be healed. Minor thing, major things. In fact, I'm doing Sunday's announcement, and it'll say on the Sunday announcement to bring the dead and almost dead and sick. <laughs> Sometimes if people see the thing with the legs, the arms, uh, that helps to build their faith. I know, you know, Thomas believed because he saw, but Jesus said, Lord, bless if you don't. But if it helps for them to step on out, then yep. they might be more willing to ask for prayer. Okay. My hips do feel better. God, you may have to have your wife do that every night. 
Praise God. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for these, your people. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our midst. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.